You've seen those adorable pictures of twins holding hands and smiling at each other in bright, clean colors. Are they professionally done, or can you get similar results on your own? What can you do to take great photos of your twins? Do you need special equipment or props? I'm Melanie Monroe, family photographer and mom to twins. I'm here to share some tips and tricks for getting great photos of your twins. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. And before we get started, let's uh, take a moment and introduce ourselves. Um, for those of us here in the room, I'll, I'll start with myself. Um, so I've got uh, identical um, girls who are just, they just turned five and we're just starting kindergarten, which is opening up a whole new world. And, and I got to say, um, my, my girls, they, uh, one of them lost her front tooth. Um, it was pretty early. They, they lost their bottom teeth both of the, the two, the front bottom, and then one of them lost her, the top. And so thankfully the top one was before the school pictures. <laughs> I mean, it was like, or I should say it was after, it was after, it was just after, I think. Oh, okay. So, but I mean, I've got these like very toothy smiles. It's goofy. And I'm like, oh, it's just so awkward looking <laughs> for all the photos. So I almost want to wait, you know, before we do family photos. But, um, and then anyway, and I do have a singleton and she is just turned two years old. Brandy, how about you? Hi, my name is Brandy Wallace. I have two sets of twins. I have identical boys that just turned five and I have boy girl fraternals that are two. Yes. Close in age. <laughs> yes. Yes. You, and I need lots of tips because it is like herding cats to get them to pose for a picture so help (laughs) cooperation what's that oh my gosh uh and i'm sunny Uh, i'm producing today's show and i'm the owner of new mommy media which produces this show as well as parent savers preggy pals and the boob group um i have four children and uh, my oldest is four a boy and my middle guy is two another boy and then i have identical twin girls who just turned one and photographing any of that. Oh, my gosh. We just had family photos yesterday for the holidays. And, oh, my gosh. I mean, I was trying to bribe them with candy canes. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what what these are going to turn out like. And, I mean, and can you really bribe one-year-olds? I mean, how do you even do that? No, you do don't. That? No, yeah. you just make crazy noises. And then usually that gets their attention. And, and Melanie, tell us about your family. I have twin girls. They are going to be eight in January. They're in second grade. And um, they're a lot of fun. You know, I love having big kids. Um, we've taken them skiing a couple times, which is awesome. It's like, you know, life is back to normal. Wow. Normal. What's that? Don't rub it in. I know. <laughs> Okay. 
Okay, before we start today's show, um, there's a news headline that we want to talk about. You guys may have seen this online. Um, the, the headline is Separated at Birth, Reunited on Facebook, which of course, Facebook for connecting us. Um, twin parents is pretty awesome. Um, but this is regarding 26-year-old sisters. Didn't even, been, they were adopted, had no idea each other existed. Um, one lives in Los Angeles. The other one, I believe, in, is it Korea? Um, way far away. Let's just put it that France, way. France, I think. Oh, France. I think yes. you're right. I think yes. you're right. It's France. So still, way far away, separate countries. And the sister from France happened to be talking with a friend, whatever, and um, saw a screenshot of a YouTube video. And her friend was commenting, oh my gosh, this girl looks so much like you. And so she she basically ends up emailing this girl, does a little bit of research, finds out both girls are adopted um, from the same area. And I think that's the, where the Korea, Korea came in. Yes. Yeah. And um, decides to reach out to her on Facebook. You know, it's so funny. Online, if you if you look this up, you can actually see the first email that she sent, which can you imagine someone looking exactly like you <laughs> contacting you? I mean, like, um, I don't know if we're related, but we look a lot alike. We're both adopted. Um, they did DNA testing, found out that they are identical twins. Um, and, and the article that I'm looking at didn't have much information about why, you know, this information wasn't disclosed. But, you know, I mean, they are 26 years old, so maybe the adoptive practices, you know, didn't reveal that information back then. I'm, I'm not really sure how it ended up. But the nice thing is, is that um, they, they still live in their respective countries, um, but they're texting back and forth now. They have a movie coming out. Oh, and wow. I think a book deal as well. Um, but totally crazy. And, and, and it's one of those crazy things, too, where they like the same kind of things, you know, they don't like, you know, certain things. And it's just, you know, crazy because they just live so far and it's, away. It's, isn't it? It's amazing. I have to say, I mean, I, I saw a video and I think one of the girls is an actress. Yeah. And yes. Then the other and that's why she was in is, the video. Yeah. And then the other girl, I think she's um, in music. Sure. She's in another creative field. And I just have to say, I think that's so interesting. I mean, they're 26 yeah. years apart and, you know, this whole nature versus nurture. And they know, both right? obviously have these creative talents um, that are being expressed, you know, these you know, yeah. very similar ways. And I think I heard that, you know, like when it comes to like food, they have certain like food aversions that are exactly the same. Yeah, they both don't like cooked carrots. Yeah. I mean, isn't that very <laughs> specific? <laughs> They'll eat raw ones, but they don't like cooked ones. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just seems so random. Yeah, totally. And it, it has a, it has a really nice ending. They they did try to reach out to their birth mother, but not a lot of information was known um, about her or you know her whereabouts and stuff like that. Um, but I thought it was really nice. One of the um, I don't know which which set or or which twin, um, but her adoptive parents said if we had known that you had a twin sister, we would have taken her in as well. But apparently they didn't know either. So it was just this crazy situation and. But they found each other, oh, you know? It, that that so is nice. just amazing. I, I have to say, I mean, I wonder, would it have happened before the use of social media and the no. internet? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. How would you have? How would yeah. you have? I mean, amazing. Well, today's topic is photographing twins, and we're talking with uh, photographer Melanie Monroe, and she's giving us some tips on how to create some great-looking photos. So thanks for joining us, Melanie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I know everybody starts out thinking, okay, I've got twins, we're going to make this grand announcement. So they think about newborn photography. Um, so if they're starting to plan it, and we know sometimes twins come early, um, <laughs> when should um, you start thinking about um setting up the newborn photography 
Um, I'd say sometime in your second trimester would be a good time um, to start looking at websites and seeing what photographer's style matches your vision for what your pictures should look like. Mm -hmm. Um, The best thing to do is to pick a photographer that matches that vision rather than choosing somebody, even if they're highly recommended to you by a friend. It's best to choose somebody whose style matches what you want. Um, So it does take a little bit of research to, to find that. So look on websites and just think, oh, you know, hey, I I really like this sort of very, you know, fun, cozy feeling or maybe, you know, you just like the the colors or just the way that families are, you know, together. And there's lots of different styles out there. Definitely. And and, you know, the worst thing from a photographer's perspective is to show up for a session and have the client ask for a bunch of stuff that you don't feel comfortable doing. It's it's not usually your thing. And so, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I would be happy to give a referral to somebody um, that had a a style different than my own, um, rather than shoot the session myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the photographers know a lot of different people, and everybody's really nice and usually really willing to give referrals to to other people. That's good to know. So, so aside from, you know, creating the registry and, um, you know, all the other lists, (laughs) think, think about photography. Also, when newborns, so um, when they do arrive, you know, what's the sort of time frame, you know, to get those nice newborn shots? I mean, can you, should you do it within the first month or? You know? I usually tell clients to contact me as soon as they can after the baby's born because I like to do newborn photos between three and 10 days old. Oh, so, so very, really, young. really early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, sometimes that's not possible with twins if they spend some time in the NICU or, or anything like that, but that's just the ideal. Um, during that time period, babies are less alert and sleepier. And after two weeks, for sure, they become much more alert. So just all of the stuff that's going on during a newborn session, they'll be looking around and they just won't sleep as soundly. The other thing is um, you've seen all the cute poses that, you know, newborns are in, look like little froggies or, you know, they're bent in half. Um, Those are almost always very, very new babies. They're Mm -hmm. bendier when they're first born. (laughs) Bendier, (laughs) I like that. They are more flexible when they're first born. So some of those poses simply are not possible with a baby that's a month old. So, um, you know, if if you're going for more of those posed looks, if that's what you like, earlier is definitely better. So, um, but then there's some people that like more of the, the lifestyle type session where it's just pictures in your home of, of your family together on your couch and, and things like that. You can definitely do those later. Mm-hmm. And so if you do end up having your baby stay in the NICU for a little while, um, sometimes it's necessary to adjust your vision for what you want because that lifestyle session, um, you might get a lot better results and a lot less headache um, <laughs> if you if you decide to go with something like that. And there's photographers that are wonderful at those and they can be really touching images that, you know, include older siblings, you know, pets, anything like that. And that's kind of I mean, what when you think is a lifestyle and I think of like kind of the photojournalism where it's mm-hmm. more kind of just documenting right. kind of, you know, what the everyday living as opposed to, you know, I heard of like Ann Geddes with, you know, she's got the cute little, um, you know, the, the peas in the pod and they're, yes. they look like little peas or little, you know, flower, you know, sunflowers <laughs> in the pods. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And see if, if you hired a lifestyle photographer and then they got to your house and 
you yeah. ask them to put your babies in a pee pod, they would be like, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> so it's definitely good to pick somebody whose style matches what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, from from a, from a creative standpoint, so so what makes for good um, newborn pictures? I mean, maybe, you know, we, we just mentioned Ann Gettys and, you know, we think of, hey, two peas in a pod. Or are there things that we can do at home if we want to have sort of a just a fun, you know, theme or create that intimacy in the picture? Um, the... The main tips I would give for successful newborn photography is, number one, um, heat. Your Mm. house needs to be really, really hot. Mm. And that helps babies feel a lot cozier since, you know, the style right now is for the babies to usually be just in a diaper or naked. Mm -hmm. Um, They get cold easy when they're brand new. And so I usually ask clients to heat their house up to at least 80, preferably 85. Wow. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Most people will bring a space heater with them, but it's just not enough to really heat up a room as hot as you want it. You should be sweating. If you're not sweating, it's not hot enough. Wow. <laughs> and and if if it's cold in there, the babies just don't sleep quite as well. So and, you know, if, if that's something you're not really willing to do, um, then you could choose somebody that has their own studio to do your newborn photos because that way they can deal with <laughs> the heating bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, the next thing I would say is a lot of patience. Um, I usually spend two to three hours for a newborn session, closer to three if it's twins. Um, because you do need them to be really, really deep into sleep to get some of those pose shots. So and there's getting, lots of breaks. <laughs> and getting twins into sleep. So between the feedings and sleep, so it sounds like we have to have a lot of flexibility on um, when that actually happens. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully if we're you know finding a um, newborn photographer or someone who's flexible and... Um, <laughs> Yeah. And newborn photographers are, that's kind of part of the job. You know, most of the sessions are scheduled with, you know, a week of notice or even less. And, um, and they're used to spending a long period of time. I've gone to sessions where I didn't even take a single picture for an hour and a half because it took that long to get the baby to sleep because they were feeling fussy or whatever. And so, um, and that's just kind of how it works. It's pretty normal. And so, um, that would be my next thing is patience. Um, <laughs> and if you're doing it yourself um, and you haven't hired a photographer, one thing that's really important to remember is a lot of these poses you see on Pinterest or on Facebook are composite shots, which means that they've taken two pictures and merged them together in Photoshop. And the, ah. the reason that I say <laughs> that it's important to know this is because unfortunately there have actually been babies that have been injured because people have tried to do certain poses that they've seen, not realizing that they were composite shots and they're uh, actually unsafe to do in oh any way but gosh. a composite. So it is it is very, very important to understand that and and put your baby safety first if you're going to try to do it on your own. That, so. you know, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So they're so babies. I mean, so when we see them like maybe curled up in a, you know, really small space or wrapped up a certain way or I don't know. I mean, they could be um, mostly th- those kind. Not so much. But um, you have a picture on your wall of a baby on a, a dad's arm. Yes. Um, holding on to the dad's arm. That. Basically, it looks like a little koala, you know, laying on a tree branch or something. Um, That is probably a composite shot. Um, There was probably a nice fluffy bean bag about an inch under that baby's head that was photoshopped out. And um, the dad even may have had his arm on the baby's back 
And then they could have had another one where the dad was holding on to the baby's arm, and then you merge those together. So most likely that baby was not just balancing over a beanbag. It was probably being held onto with both hands. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so that would have been dangerous because the baby could have, you know, if you just literally took that that picture, the baby could fall right off the arm. Yeah, and if you so, didn't have a bean, you know, yeah. if, if if that baby tumbled one inch onto a bean bag, obviously that wouldn't be right. that dangerous. Right. But um, but if you tried that over your kitchen floor, obviously that's not a good yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. So and of course um, we're talking about twins, so times two yeah. balancing. <laughs> <laughs> How would you even do that? Yeah, yeah. if you've seen pictures of of twins in little um, bunk beds, have you seen those before? Where they'll have twins or triplets in a in uh-uh. a little baby sized bunk bed. Those usually composite shots too, and even the ones where the baby has their arm crossed and their head is um, yes. is on their arms, you know, and they're facing forward. Usually you have a parent that's holding the baby's head up with a <laughs> finger and then they hold from the other side. That way the baby's not flopping back and forth all crazy. So that totally makes sense. Now. It does. So, I'm like, how did they do this? My newborn <laughs> didn't do that. I know. So a lot of them really are, are composite shots just for um, – because it's easier that way and because it's safer for the baby. So that's something that I definitely wanted to mention. To no, that is great. I mean, so it sounds like, I mean, if, if we have this this idea in our head of this very creative photography, then it would probably be smart to just to talk to a photographer ahead of time and A, do you do this? And, you know, how is this done? And, you know, what are some of the safety precautions? And Right. And and certainly if you hire somebody and they're ever doing anything with your baby that you don't think is safe, just say, I think we'll skip that pose. Let's try something else. That's fine to speak up, you know, if you don't feel like what they're doing is safe. Um, Certainly if you hire a photographer and they don't know what a composite shot is, I would consider that a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, we're going to take a break and when we come back, um, we're going to talk about other stages which are ideal to photograph twins. Welcome back. And today we're talking with Melanie Monroe about the secrets to getting some great photos. And we're talking about newborn photography. What are some other occasions? What are there some of the other ages in which we, we might want to get some nice formal shots of the twins? I always tell clients to instead of looking at a specific age, to instead look at developmental milestones because babies do things at different ages. And one great uh, time to do pictures after newborns is when a baby can support themselves on their elbows and and lift their head up, hold their head up, because you can get great smiling shots and the baby can actually look at the camera. They don't have their face planted in a blanket if they're on their <laughs> tummy. So that's that's a great time. And, you know, that's different for different babies. So that's a good developmental milestone to shoot for. The next one, and this is probably my favorite one, is when a baby first learns to sit up, but they're not yet crawling. <laughs> so they yes. stay put. <laughs> they stay put. Um, you can sit them in. that phase is shorter than others. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That is very, very true. So sometimes, you know, you need to be on the phone with your photographer like that day, you know, because it it does happen. The crawling happens very quickly, for sure, for some babies. Um, A lot of babies, it's around six months. Mine were seven months. Um, If they're born really early, it could be eight or nine or ten or who knows. Um, If you have twins, hopefully they do it at the same time. (laughs) But uh, Or you could do a composite shot. That would be interesting. Um, so that's that's a great time period. And then after that, I would say when they learn to stand up on their own, 
even if they're still holding on to something, but before they're running. <laughs> they can be walking, oh, yes. not running. <laughs> yeah. um, once they learn to run, it does become more difficult. Um, it's still definitely doable, but if you can if you can get in another photo shoot once they're standing up but not running yet, that's a great time. Wow. Now, how about Brandy? So um, when did you time your, you know, more formal photography shoots? So with my first set of children, I obviously had more time and money back then (laughs) (laughs) before the second set came along. So I actually committed to photographing my my older twins every four months. So for the first year of their life, I guess every three months, I had four photo sessions that first year to try and catch those windows that Melanie is talking about. I mean, we, we didn't know ahead of time when that would be. We just roughly tried to get that first year. Um, in the books. So we have some of what she was just talking about. And then after they turned one, it, it really went downhill from there. <laughs> it was very hard to photograph them. Even now they're, they're preschool and they make these horrible faces. <laughs> when preschoolers smile. Yeah. When yeah. people teach the their children smile. to say cheese, oh don't do God. it. It's awful. They, they scrunch their nose yes. and squint their it, eyes. I know it's horrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. During that that stage my goal is always to get them to laugh and frequently the parents are way funnier than I am because it's mommy and daddy um but but that's always the goal because that way you get that that real smile that's about the only way you can do it because the preschooler smile you're right is it's harsh now Sunny how do you do it I mean especially I think like the boys probably play off of each other oh, they do it's hard to photograph all four of them at once um, but I actually was just telling our uh, family photographer yesterday when we had our holiday stuff done um, that was the first time since the, um, the girls were born we did newborn photos and it was one of those more natural things she came out to the house because I was like my life is just crazy right now you just kind of need to capture the craziness I can't really do structured poses right now but we hadn't had any other professional photos and it was literally just because it's just my house is just kind of chaos what I did do is uh, last year um, as a Christmas gift uh, my parents got me and I know we're gonna talk about this but a a nice professional what I consider professional um, camera that was much different than the iPhone photos I was taking (laughs) Um, but I have to confess I haven't had a lot of time to get to know the camera and figure it out and shutter speed is everything and I still don't really know what I'm doing Um, because as you know kids just move really fast. So I'm excited to hear some tips on, on DIY mm-hmm. photography as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what kind of equipment would you recommend for someone that wants to do a lot of photography on their own? Um, photographing those moments every day is super important. I mean, that's why I do what I do. That's what made me interested in photography. And I started out with just kind of a bottom line a DSLR. I had a Canon Rebel. That was my first camera. And um, and it's definitely something that's great to start with. The one thing that I tend to recommend to people that already have a DSLR and are looking to have even better pictures is to get a 50 millimeter lens. They have a 50 millimeter 1.8 and a 50 millimeter 1.4, both of which are pretty affordable. The Canon 50 millimeters only about a hundred bucks the 1.8 and it's a great indoor lens um, the 1.8 means how much light it lets in and the smaller number means it lets in more light so it's kind of opposite <laughs> but um, the lenses that usually come with your camera if you get a DSLR don't let in as much light and so they're harder to use indoors and you have that shutter speed issue because the only way to get enough light is to lower your shutter speed or raise your ISO. 
raising your ISO makes grainy pictures and lowering your shutter speed makes blurry pictures. Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely a a huge investment to make. Um, The other thing that I would recommend if you already have a DSLR is to learn how to toggle your focal points. I'll say that again. Learn how to toggle (laughs) your focal points. Um, It's huge. I like, I can't even really express to you how big of a difference this will make in your photography because if you're shooting in auto, the camera, which is just like a computer, is guessing where you want it to focus. So when you see pictures of your kid smiling beautifully at the camera, but the bush behind them is in focus <laughs> and their face is not. We've all gotten those, right? Yes, yes. And that's because your camera guessed wrong. <laughs> but you can actually tell it where you want it to focus. There's these little focal points in, in your viewfinder. You'll see them. And you can toggle through them with a button on the back of your camera and tell it where you want it to focus. And then what you want, if you're taking a picture of a person, the most important thing to have in focus is their eyeballs. So you hmm. want to put that little red dot right on their eyeball and so that you're getting that in focus it will improve your picture quality dramatically so for you that hasn't really (laughs) gotten to learn your camera um look that up and you could probably i mean it'll be in your manual for sure but you could probably you can look up anything on youtube these days so you could look it up there ask a friend or yeah whatever but that's a huge thing. So good, good lenses. Just to, they let it lots of light and just and probably just a little bit of learning. Because you know I can relate too. My my first camera was a Canon Rebel as well. And I think I mean I think it's such a great camera because it's 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 a good for beginners and learning mm-hmm. like all the bells and whistles. And then you can kind of add on to it. And then when you sort of need the next thing, your lenses will work with the next camera, which yes. is a nice thing. Most of them will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> now how about even okay for phone? I mean we can't you know ignore that. I mean the the phone cameras. Um, have, you know, come increased greatly with all lots of bells and whistles in the last few years. And, you know, I have to laugh. I think my current phone actually, in terms of just uh, megapixels resolution, it actually has more than my DSLL. DSLR. I just got my iPhone 6 literally like two days ago, and I am so excited about the camera. It's amazingly better than my iPhone 5 camera was, so I'm excited about that. I take pictures with my camera phone all the time because I don't carry my expensive camera with me everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely good to have a a phone with a good camera. The app that I use the most is called PicTapGo, and it has a lot of great filters. One thing that I like about it is if you use Instagram, it can connect with Instagram. And if you, you know how Instagram crops everything to a square? Well, if you don't want that, there's actually a button you can push in, in PicTapco to export your picture with a white border on the top and the bottom so that it'll be full size in Instagram. Oh, that's kind of cool. Which is nice. Hmm. So that's how people do that when you see pictures like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, how about we, we talked a little bit earlier about lighting. Okay, now if you're using a DSLR camera, I mean, you have a lot more control over the lighting by having, you know, a lens that opens everything up. Um, but how about if, if you're outdoors or if you're indoors, what are some other means that you can kind of get some good lighting? Um, to take a class. <laughs> there is <laughs> um, actually a a continuing ed class that you can take for, you know, 13 bucks or something through the community college district that teaches you the basics of how a camera works and how your shutter speed, your ISO, and your aperture all work together. And um, as far as, as 
as good lighting, I would say if if you're still shooting in auto, you're going to get the best results if you put your subjects in full shade. So not like the shade of a tree that's all blotchy, like the shade from a structure. So put your people in full shade. That's going to give you your best results with a DSLR. Um, I usually do all of my sessions in the late afternoon. I like to backlight people. Um, it gives that glowy, sunny effect. You really can't do that in auto with a DSLR because it's going to expose your subject to dark because it's going to expose for the, the sun shining in your lens and the background and stuff. So for those, you you have to shoot in manual and be able to understand how your camera works. And so it wouldn't work with a camera phone either. So you say Not you really. Of, so you really have to just time things and think about where you are shade-wise mm-hmm. and look at your yeah, outdoor environment. Yeah, look at your surroundings. And if you need to move people over, then definitely do it because you get much better results in the shade. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, thanks so much to everybody for joining us today. And for more information about uh, Photographing Twins or for more information about any of our speakers and panelists, visit our episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after the show, uh, Melanie's going to talk about some cute photo ideas that result in major photo fail. <laughs> um, so for more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, newmommymedia.com. Okay, it's time for one of our favorite segments on the show. It's called We're Expecting What? And that's where you guys get a chance to tell us about your funny stories of when you found out you're pregnant with twins. This story comes from Krista. And Krista says, I am 18 and a mother-to-be of two baby girls. We found out I was pregnant at six weeks, and we were excited. I talked with my sister-in-law because she was pregnant with her third. She referred me to her doctor. My brother joked, saying, I'm going to have two. After going to the doctor a couple times, he told me that I was bigger than he thinks I should be. He says, do you think there's twins? Me and my boyfriend laughed. He then scheduled an ultrasound to check for twins. We were in shock. We couldn't wait the two weeks to find out. The ultrasound showed two babies. And I'll never forget the feeling I got when I saw them both. My heart melted. I was excited and scared at the same time. I'm now 21 weeks and very used to the thought of twins. I'm very excited, but I'm also very nervous about having them early and their health what kind of health they're going to be in, all the things that can go wrong. All I can do is hope and pray they are healthy. Well, Krista, we certainly hope that you have a fantastic rest of your pregnancy. You're about, well, you're more than halfway there. So hopefully things are still going really well for you. And um, we'll just kind of keep you in our thoughts. And thanks for writing this in. Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. This is Twin Talks, parenting times two. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. 
New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.